0: Technology explain. Welcome to the Dell Technologies Converged and Hyper-Converged Solutions Podcast.
1: What's up, VXRail community? Welcome to another episode of the CIHCI Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Athanasiu of the VXRail Technical Marketing Team. And today I am excited to be joined by my colleague, Jason Marks who has promised to break down uh, the flexible storage options now available for Virtual Cloud Foundation on VxRail. Welcome and good morning to you, Jason. Hey, Mike, good morning to you. Happy to be on the podcast today. I'm glad, I'm glad you're happy because I think it's been uh, the last time we spoke on the show. It's also happened to be our very first episode, I think just over a year ago. That's right.
0: It's a happy
1: belated birthday to our to our program here, and
0: that's right. Yes, I I remember being on that episode with Daniel. Uh, It was it was wow. Feels like a long time ago, but uh, I
1: don't want to get too mushy on you, though.
0: (laughs) I'm glad to have you back on. But
1: the the thoughts I think, looking back over a full year perspective here, and how busy we've all been. Just I I wanted just got me thinking, you know, about just how uh, how much VXRail has really, I guess, evolved over this past year you know we've uh, in, in the time i think we've released new software and hardware platforms really just trying to broaden i think the ways in which VxRail helps our customers and um i uh, i know that you know i we've released some new deployment options uh, available for VxRail. and i think what's really missing out of this conversation right now is uh, is a vcf perspective um, i know there's a, a new version that just got released vcf 4.3.1 on 7.0.241 right so I wanted to, uh, to bring some love back to this topic through a cloud foundation lens. And I uh, thought perhaps you could just run us through a quick review of uh, what came out in this most recent release.
0: Yeah, more than happy to. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the, the innovation train around VxRail uh, has not let up over the past year. And certainly a lot of the joint engineering work that uh, we do alongside VMware Um, as it relates to VxRail and also Cloud Foundation on VxRail um, just continues with the motivation. Um, Certainly, we've seen a lot of customer adoption, um, making VxRail the the number one HCI platform uh, in the industry, which is awesome. Um, And we're certainly starting to see uh, a lot more uh, interest, a lot more deployments uh, as it relates to customers' You know, really diving into their hybrid cloud uh, initiatives. Uh, certainly, this pandemic, uh, like everything else, uh, has has kind of been seen as an accelerator to a lot of the trends that were kind of already happening. And certainly, uh, customer adoption of hybrid cloud is is one of those. And certainly, they are looking at uh, two proven industry leaders. Uh, in this space, with with Dell Technologies and VMware, to help them on their journey for that, and Cloud Foundation of VxRail is, is certainly uh, one of those uh, top tier uh, solutions to, to help customers uh, address that need. So, to yeah, to to kind of answer your question a little bit more directly uh, as it relates to you know where are we today? Uh, at this past VMworld, uh, we, we made some cool announcements around the latest version of uh, Cloud Foundation on VxRail, which is uh, 4.3.1 on VxRail 7.0.241. And we um, really, I think that the key theme uh, as it relates to this particular release is all about the, the, the VxRail integration and, and flexibility Um, and and really a lot of the the VxRail enhancements that we have with the version of uh, 7.0.241 that have now been ported into Cloud Foundation use cases. So like anything else with every new Cloud Foundation release, there's always going to be an updated uh, software uh, versioning of all of the components. So this particular release is gonna be based on a vSphere 7.0 update to uh, patch three. Uh, type of release. Uh, it includes NSXT 3.1.3 and uh, various uh, vRealize Suite components, all based around uh, 8.4.1 and 8.4. Uh, so, really, just typical kind of always getting and in, in, in incorporating the the next uh, latest versions of, of those software components. When you start introducing this latest version of VxRail, however. Uh, it really brought about a lot of support on the platform and storage side to the story. And and really, that's where I want to kind of focus a a lot of this conversation. Uh, VxRail 7.0241 introduced something completely new, which is something we call the VxRail Dynamic Node. And this allows a VxRail cluster to be built off of uh, compute nodes that do not have any Onboard um, storage. So the the, the server nodes uh, that that make up a VxRail cluster uh, will actually not contain any uh, disk storage. Um, and and really, you know, you ask yourself, well, well, what then do I use to run vSAN? And the answer is, you don't. And and that's by design because with dynamic nodes, the purpose behind it is to enable customers to scale compute and storage separately and to enable customers a choice of Dell EMC fiber channel external storage systems as your cluster storage instead of vSAN. And so with dynamic nodes, uh, we've introduced support for uh, using uh, VMFS on fiber channel storage from our Dell EMC PowerMax, the uh, PowerStore T, and the Unity XT storage systems to be used as a VxRail cluster's uh, principled storage. So pretty much the, the shared storage you need to build that cluster up for the first time. Um, now we can leverage Dell EMC external storage to do that. So that, with that, oh, Sam, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, that, that's great. It's uh, you know, like we were talking, it's it's broadening the um, the solutions that, that VxRail can solve for, maybe a, a slight departure in, in what we might have all considered VxRail to uh, to have been a year ago uh, when we first kicked this this off. But um, it's a, it's the slow and steady evolution and an addressing of you know customer needs. And you know, you look at the broader, you know, Dell portfolio and you know, why shouldn't we be able to pair? You know, external storage with um, you know, this world-class, you know, VX Rail system that we've got.
0: Exactly. And and so that's that's kind of the, the part of the the co-engineered innovation is is we're able to take a lot of the innovation that the VXRail team is is providing in the platform layer, uh, and then combine that with a lot of the innovation that the VMware Cloud Foundation team is building and just you know create that one plus one equals three experience. Um, and and really that, that that kind of brings me to kind of how all of this fits into a little bit of the cloud foundation use case, um, and really the the goal behind it is to enable customers flexible storage choices for um, the 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 workload domains that the customers deploy in their you know cloud foundation on VxRail environment. And so you know before I kind of jump into a lot of the the details around that, I think it is important to kind of take a step back and, and understand uh, a cloud foundation kind of fundamental concept which is uh, answering the question of what is a domain? And for those that aren't familiar in, in the cloud foundation context, uh, you know there is a, an architecture that cloud foundation is built upon. And within this architecture, there's something we call a workload domain or a domain. And ultimately, it's it's a purpose built SDDC environment, and and within VCF on VxRail, it's it's really a um, a, a a kind of uh, an entity within VCF that is made up of dedicated VxRail clusters, uh, a dedicated vCenter that is used to manage it, uh, a dedicated or shared instance of an NSXT that allows for uh, software defined networking for those clusters. Um, And then these clusters are kind of packaged together and managed as a single kind of grouped entity with common policy um, and and, and various common governance. Uh, And so it allows us to lifecycle these various uh, infrastructure clusters independently of other domains, providing some level of a quasi multi-tenancy or at least some level of independent infrastructure infrastructure. Uh, for different workloads uh, within an organization that that may require different uh, resource or infrastructure uh, requirements. And so it's important to understand that in the Cloud Foundation environment, there are two types of workload domains. There is a management domain, which is used to run all of the Cloud Foundation management software. So think the SDDC manager, think the vCenter, Um, Think the NSXT managers, all of that runs on the management domain, which is built off of a minimum, a four-node cluster. And really, for for best practices purposes, as part of this architecture, that is really running um, those management workloads independent and separately from your actual customer applications uh, so that you kind of have this segmentation. Now, where do those customer applications or customer workloads run? That's in another type of workload domain called the VI workload domain or the virtual infrastructure workload domain. And within Cloud Foundation, there are kind of different rules um, as it applies to how storage can be used depending upon the workload domain. So that's that's kind of like the first Kind of foundational thing to understand as we kind of move forward into the next part to how this flexible storage conversation evolves,
1: yeah, and I think that's where the the interest is is highest is understanding a little more about what those rules actually are and how you would leverage this these new capabilities with um, how you know folks and customers have maybe traditionally been been deploying these environments.
0: Yep. So yeah. So let's let's dive into that. Um, I think first and foremost, you know, why would a customer want to use um, different types of storage in a cloud foundation on VxRail environment? Well, first, they may have applications that have uh, storage-intensive uh, performance requirements. Uh, think, you know, ML, AI, maybe big data or, or large-scale databases, and so they they have a need for a, a really high I/O. Uh, kind of transactional performance requirement. Um, others may actually have already invested in some of these Dell EMC storage arrays, and they want to be able to leverage their existing systems um, and, and have that investment protection to, to to really get the most out of the systems that they've they've already put, already bought. Um, other use cases might be around data protection, right? Maybe um, you know I don't want to store my backup data on the same storage as my production workload data. Um, So would it be nice to have um, maybe some lower cost, high capacity uh, storage that allows me to just run those types of workloads separately than uh, my high database intensive workloads? And then finally, you know, really being able to extend that hybrid and multi-cloud operations model. uh, All of these various ways are kind of you know, use cases that that customers have that they may want to use one or they may want to use all all of them um, all within the same environment. And so that's the kind of bigger driver of why we went down this direction um, is really customers have been demanding it. And so we're trying to uh, to deliver on platform features that, that customers are looking to leverage. So when we start talking about now how uh, storage is used there's another key kind of idea uh, within Cloud Foundation, that's important to understand. The first is this concept of principal storage. And this kind of alludes to what I was referring to earlier, where when I look to build a cluster that is going to be used in any one of these domains, the, the, you know, with vSphere, um, you need to have shared storage in order to build a vSphere cluster. And so what is that initial data store that I'm using to build that cluster? That is kind of what we're referring to as principal storage. And so in VCF, um, for the management domain, vSAN is required as the principal storage for the management cluster. However, when we kind of look at another type of storage, which we call supplemental storage, this is really this idea of adding additional data stores to my cluster Uh, just like you can do with any other vSphere cluster, right? You're not bound to just having one data store on there. I can now add through the same kind of native vCenter management capabilities, additional data stores to that cluster. For the management domain, I do have the ability, as long as I start with my vSAN cluster, to connect external storage, whether it be fiber channel or IP-based storage, you know, maybe it's NFS or even iSCSI, um, to a management domain cluster to expand on additional storage for whatever reason. So this idea of supplemental and principled storage is important because as we then move to what we can do in a VI workload domain, this is where the latest features really really come into play um, and where a lot of the co-engineering has, has happened. So in a VI workload domain, traditionally, vSAN was at least in a VCF on VxRail environment, vSAN was the only supported principal storage. So I could only look to add VxRail clusters with vSAN in them into uh, VCF VI workload domains. And there was a, an awareness that SDDC manager had with the VxRail infrastructure to know that, hey, I'm only able to add vSAN based clusters into these domains. With this latest release, we now have the ability to add VxRail clusters that have been built using VMFS on fiber channel uh, storage with PowerMax, Power T, and or Unity XT um, through that dynamic node capability. And we've co-engineered SDDC Manager to be aware of the fact that we now have these fiber channel based VxRail clusters, and then these can now be seamlessly added into uh, workload domains. Uh, so that's huge because there's a level of um, seamless awareness that has been designed into SDC Manager to now allow flexibility of different types of VxRail clusters that have different principled storage. And then all of this is already in addition to supplemental storage that um, we support for uh, VI workload domains which include all of these different types of storage, which may be VVOL-based storage, um, iSCSI, NFS, uh, you know, VMFS on fiber channel, all of these different types of storage, which even include third-party storage arrays if a customer had those, you could connect those to uh, VxRail-based uh, workload domains, um, using supplemental storage, right? So the flexibility was there, Um, This whole time, but really it's in that principal storage use case that delivers uh, an ability for a customer to not require vSAN at all in those clusters they may want to use for their workload domains because the workloads they plan to deploy and run on them um, really don't fit the need for that and instead align more towards um, utilizing external storage to get the job done. It was
1: quite quite a great detailed walkthrough of, um, or I guess, overview of of sort of the options that are now available, and I guess a, a bit of touching on the evolution of you know where we've come, uh, and the uh, the types of you know storage options now available. Um, can you explain maybe a little more about um, about how these these vi workload domains are you know sort of configured or arranged um, from from the storage option?
0: Yeah, so it's it's a great uh great question because I mean, what do I mean by kind of seamlessly integrated and SDVC manager awareness? So it's kind of a, a good kind of time to maybe review what is the process today to add VXrail clusters into VCF. And so let's let's kind of walk through a little bit of the process. So there's kind of three phases that that I kind of describe um, as to how um, we actually get vX clusters into workload domains and, and create these workload domains the first is is through vcf and, and through stdc manager where we want to create the workload domain entity right this is that construct that has a a, a vcenter that manages the clusters that are in this domain um, it, it kind of is a you uh, you know, a, 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 an object in, in the VCF inventory that, that it keeps track of, right? It's it's a configuration entity in VCF. As a part of the creation process that you use when going into SDDC Manager, you know, there is a level of the end-to-end workflow awareness that has been co-engineered between VCF and VxRail to say, look, if I wanted to use VxRail as my infrastructure, Um, What level of VxRail process do I need to be aware of so that I can design around that? uh, So that when the time comes for VxRail to be created as a cluster using the same native VxRail procedures, that that process can seamlessly plug into a VCF end-to-end process. And so that first step of creating the workload domain in order to kind of support that VxRail process, STDC Manager actually deploys automatically the vCenter that is gonna be used for for managing the workload domain. And that's important because as we move on to phase two, um, that vCenter actually becomes the customer managed or external vCenter for those that may be familiar with some of this VxRail stuff already that we would need to refer to when building out our VxRail cluster and walking through our um, VxRail first run uh, UI wizard experience. And so really that second phase is to go and utilize that same native uh, VxRail first run experience and taking advantage of now the new capabilities of building that VxRail cluster with the dynamic nodes, and utilizing the VMFS on fiber channel storage type option for building that cluster out. And so, I go through that process referring to the vCenter that uh, STDC Manager has deployed, and I'm able to build my VxRail cluster using the VxRail Manager automation. Now, it may seem a little weird, but it, it does make sense in this case that when, when we look at the native VxRail packaging and, and what VxRail manager uh, is responsible for configuring, it is primarily the vSphere and the vSAN um, and, and the, you know, the, the core HCI stack components. Obviously in dynamic node cluster, we're leveraging uh, external storage for that. So there is no vSAN configuration requirement, but one thing is missing in the sense of what is fully needed to be used in a VCF use case. And that ultimately is my software defined networking in the NSX piece. So the last phase of all of this is to add my VxREL cluster into the workload domain using SDDC manager. And this is fully automated. And, and this is something that is uh, where the awareness of what kind of VxREL cluster do I have, you know, what kind of storage is used in it that has been engineered in this new release. So the same exact process that I would follow to add a vSAN based cluster is actually used here. It just so happens that the VxRail was really configured using fiber channel storage. So then I would go into the SDDC manager, I would uh, run through the uh, add VxRail to workload domain wizard. It will automatically understand that this cluster is a VMFS on fiber channel based cluster. And then it will also ask you for NSXT configuration information. And then once you fill in that as a part of the SDDC manager workflow, it will prep all of the VxRail hosts with the NSXT VIBs that would be necessary. It will deploy the NSXT manager instance that will be used for that workload domain. And ultimately, it finishes off all of the remaining SDDC environment configuration to make it ready for VCF use, right? so that you understand that these clusters are now part of a broader cloud environment as opposed to just a standard HCI um, use case environment. And really that's the process, right? It's it's kind of three phases. It's been fully integrated together to make it a seamless handoff uh, from one phase to the next, where all of these various components are being configured uh, automatically via their respective uh, orchestration managers, right? Um, and the same kind of native VxRail operating model process is followed.
1: So it's sounding like the general workflows, um, these three main phases are just mostly unchanged, just some slight tweaks in how and where you're pointing to which storage.
0: Exactly, right? It's it's merely taking advantage of you know the, the new VxRail feature that exists to, to conf, uh, configure it with the VMFS on fiber channel and really having the SDDC manager be aware of that and cater to the fact that now I need to track a VxRail cluster that has fiber channel storage in it. And as a result, when that gets added, you will now see uh, fiber channel capacity utilization reports um, within the uh, the VCF inventory, right? So now in the VCF database, uh, the configuration database that SDDC manager is responsible for maintaining, You'll now see that this VX cluster no longer has vSAN in it. It now has VMFS on Fibre Channel storage as its principled storage, and it's able to track the capacity utilization of that data store um, all within the SDC Manager UI. It brings up maybe
1: another question you know some customers might have, and that is you know what are if any the impacts to uh, to the LCM process?
0: Yeah, so so this is very important, and this was probably something that was discussed. Uh, you know, by Daniel as part of uh, his uh, content and, and message that that he talked about with the latest VxRail release that, that supported these features is that no matter what, if, you know, certainly with dynamic nodes, we enable um, a way in which customers can leverage external storage uh, instead of vSAN, right? Uh, one of the benefits of using dynamic nodes is that you're able to take advantage of the, native VxRail HCI system software LCM capabilities of the HCI stack. So think about the compute hardware um, and and the vSphere software and the HCI system software all being able to be automated in terms of their lifecycle updates. The external storage systems, however, at this point uh, are not maintained or updated by the VxRail HCI system software. So, a customer would still be responsible for ensuring that those systems are configured and uh, updated uh, separately. And in a VCF on VxRail use case, this is also the case. Um, The SDDC manager within the the VCF stack will will not be responsible for uh, doing any type of storage provisioning or uh, storage system lifecycle management Um, that would be handled uh, external to the, the VCF uh, management environment. Um, so that's really one of the kind of important things that customers should be aware of is that at least from a, uh, a storage array management point of view, uh, the operating model for that it hasn't changed. However, for the VxRail infrastructure that you're connecting it to, you don't lose the ability to uh, lifecycle manage all of that um, like any other VxRail cluster that may have vSAN in it. Uh, would be able to do. So,
1: with no changes to the operating model and just providing additional you know flexibility and and how the storage is configured and deployed, if I was interested in learning a little more or even dabbling with this, are there additional resources that I could you know access you know, some demonstrations or you know walkthroughs something else that sort of you know puts the focus and the lens and the spotlight right on this and gives a really good sense of you know what to what to expect tactically. Uh, in, in a day to day,
0: yeah. So it's it's a great question. Uh, so two places where uh, certainly I could see folks going for for more information, specifically on you know more details on on what's in this latest release. Uh, you could check out my blog post. Um, it's on uh, vxrail.is/slash info hub. And then uh, we did have a new interactive click through demo um, that was created to kind of walk you through what this, um, creating a workload domain with a VMFS on fiber channel, principled storage, uh, environment looks like. Um, and you can go check that out at, uh, vxrail.is slash VCF demo.
1: And for our listeners, um, at at home, I'll, I'll be sure to, to place those links that, um, Jason, that you're you're describing, we should sure to, to include those here for for easy access. Um, is there uh, is there anything else that you think is uh, is an important you know piece of messaging here that um, you know our customers should should be aware of?
0: Yeah, I think um, I think one last thing to 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 kind of take away from this is that we've only have gotten started. Right, And I think that's the cool part to all of this, right? So this, this ability to add the fiber channel storage is really only the beginning of what is possible in the storage flexibility story. So certainly um, there's more joint engineering efforts underway uh, as they continue. And um, certainly be on the lookout as, as more releases come out over the next you know, six to 12 months, let's say, or whatnot, that, um, you know, this story will continue to evolve and and certainly keep getting better and better.
1: Well, listen, so thanks again for, uh, for hopping on Jason. Um, Have a great rest of your day and our listeners at home, stay safe and be well.